10-5, he's into the end zone, touchdown Arkansas State. Deflected into the hands of Feltz, Avery for three, hits! Culver is safe, the Red Wolves have walked it off. Welcome to the Second to None Podcast, the A-State Podcast, presented by Simmons Bank. Now, here's a couple of guys who know the Red Wolves like no one else. Matt Stoltz and Brad Boba. Coming up, a big week for men's golf at the Bubba Barnett Intercollegiate. We're going to recap everything that happened in A-State Athletics in the past week. Meanwhile, football saw their three-game win streak come to an end with the loss Saturday at defending champion Troy. Through one half of the season, now 3-3 three and three going into the bye week. Chance to rest up before the big homecoming matchup against Coastal Carolina on October the 21st. There's been some big bright spots through the first half of the season for the Red Wolves. And one of the biggest, the man who started at quarterback the last three games, true freshman out of Kernersville, North Carolina. We'd like to welcome into the studio today, Jalen Rayner. How you doing, Jalen? Doing good. How are you? Doing great, man. And I, I want to talk about your whole story and everything that led you to this point. But just the whirlwind of the last few weeks what's this been like from getting the opportunity to being named the starter to having the success early on what's it been like for you and is it good now to have a bye week to finally catch your breath a little bit I think it's been pretty amazing just the build up and the preparation I've been putting into like through the whole off season since I've been here in January is just I guess a testament to the work I've been putting in, but also my teammates. The connection we've built since I've been here, the connection with my coaches and how they believe in me. So I guess it's a pretty well-rounded story. By the way, we're going to bust a myth kind of right off the tip here. Okay. He's been 18 since February. Yeah, yeah there was a, Yeah, there was some, there was some chatter out there that, that he, last he week. was not 18 yet, but he, I checked. He is. You are of legal age. I am 18. <laughs> but you're an 18-year-old, you're a true freshman, and here you are starting at quarterback the last three games. And we want to let people know your story and how you got to Arkansas State, but we mentioned you're from Kernersville, North Carolina. So where exactly is that? The school I went to is in Kernersville. I'm actually from Winston-Salem, probably about 15 minutes apart. In the Piedmont area, right in the middle, kind of near Greensboro. That's a big city that's, that a lot of people know about. Now, we were talking before we started recording about your family. You have a big family. Yeah, Tell us about them. I have a twin sister. She goes to UNC Charlotte. And then I have two older brothers and an older sister as well. Your parents spaced them out pretty well, too. Yeah, we're all four years apart. So 18, 22. 26, and 30. It was interesting because... Before we recorded this today, Jalen made an appearance where he read at a local elementary school. And the classes he went to were two classes that, you know, Keith Heckendorf has twin sons, the offensive coordinator. Okay. And so he ended up going to their school and he read to both their classes. And we're sitting here talking about, and I said, oh, so they're in different classes? Yeah, yeah. I said, well, I've always heard sometimes that parents of twins like to put them in different classes because, you know, they've never been apart. And he said, that's what my parents did. He just kind of slipped in there. He had not told that point. He also was a twin. Tell us about that connection with your twin sister. I mean, obviously, Coach Heck has the twin boys, but how can you relate? It's just cool to see how 
they're like so excited about each other all the time. They love each other, and I kind of like think about it all the time. How me and my sisters bond, I think, have grown since we've been apart. Since I came to college in January, we talk almost every day and just tell each other we miss each other and just keep up with each other. So it's cool to see their bond grow every day. When did you get into football? I think I was seven or eight when I played my first season of football. Any other sports? I played basketball, football, and then in middle school, I took a year off of football. I played volleyball, Hmm. I did cross country, tennis, and soccer. Well, you did a lot. Yeah. I'm here about to take a year off from football. How'd that happen? (laughs) Just going into high school, football was, I think, in my city, it was kind of the quality of football and like Little League. I thought was going down, so me and my dad kind of talked, and I told him I'd like rather play soccer and stuff for a year and just have a little fun before high school, and it got serious. So I took a year off, played soccer, tennis, and cross country that year, and volleyball, and I think it translated pretty well. Yeah, I was going to ask, how do you think that helped you? Do you think that year really kind of propelled you into high school and and made you better? I do. I think so. Just the the footwork, the coordination you have to have for all the other sports just translate perfectly to playing quarterback. And it also gave me a rest from getting hit and stuff like that. So, yeah. Because I'm guessing even as a seven or eight-year-old, I'm assuming it didn't take long for people to figure out you were the guy that they could just snap it to and let you take it from there. Yeah, my first game playing football, I played running back. And then the next week of practice from then on, I played quarterback. So I've been playing quarterback since my second week of playing football. I know you put up good numbers throughout high school, but your numbers your senior year are something we've talked about quite a bit. And when we sat down on signing day and we're doing our signing day broadcast and looking at what you did that senior year, 40 touchdowns, just three interceptions, also rushed for 17 scores. Mm -hmm. Those are video game type numbers, Jalen. I mean, when you're a senior, obviously there's schools looking at you. Had you already committed to Arkansas State before that senior season? Yes, I committed in July. How much interest did you still get from other schools, Um, especially as you're going through that season? Yeah, a few schools tried to talk to my coach during the season, but I wasn't really worried about it. I was committed here already, so I'm like, if y'all weren't interested before, I'm not really interested in y'all. So I was already committed to here. So before that, would you describe it as, were you dealing more where you thought people weren't interested or do you think were people trying to get you to play another position? During the recruiting process, a lot of schools, Power 5 schools, were interested in me being recruited as just an athlete instead of quarterback. But a lot of them talked about DB, wide receiver, knowing I haven't played that. So that was kind of a turnoff when, other, when schools said that. So I told them I was trying to play quarterback and I stuck with it. I think that says a lot about your loyalty, number one, that you kept that commitment to Arkansas State. But that relationship has obviously been in place for a while. Talk about that first time that you heard about Arkansas State. I don't remember exactly the first time I heard about it, but me and my coach, my head coach, Coach Willard, he has a good relationship with Coach Heckendorf. So they knew each other before I even was at East Forsyth, my high school. So their connection goes back a long time. And when he brought up the school, I kind of researched it a little bit, looked it up, and I got in contact with Coach Heck. We talked a little bit, and then 
I remember one day he came up to see me and I threw for him. So our connection just grew from that and we kept in contact. So, and based on what you said, then kind of from the jump, the conversation with A-State with Coach Heck was about playing quarterback. Yes. Duh. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that's obviously where you wanted to play. It's mm-hmm. where you're best at. But what was it about Coach Heckendorf that made you feel comfortable that this was the place you wanted to be? Just the way my coach talked about him and how their relationship just grew over time. And they, he was very confident in Coach Heck. And especially when I actually got to get on campus, just the whole coaching staff, they, they brought me in like family from the first time I came here. I came here on an unofficial, and they treated me like family. Came here for a game, treated me like family. And an official visit, everybody just, it was a family-like vibe from the first time I stepped on campus. So you graduate early, so you can be here for spring practice. Yep. How much do you think that helped you out? If I could do it again, I would do it in a heartbeat, definitely. Talk me through the the decision-making process. I wanted to ask about this, too. So you're presented with this opportunity to leave early, but kind of talk me through who all did you talk with? Was it easy? Was it hard to decide to leave your high school classmates early and go far from home? Just talk, take me through kind of how you arrive at that decision. Well, before the school year started, I know I had enough credits to where – the classes I was taking my senior year, I would be able to graduate early. So I mentioned it to my mom before school. She was iffy about it. She's like, why you want to leave early? You got prom, you got graduation, all of that. And I'm just telling her, like, it's a big head start for football and stuff like that. And I just kept egging it on throughout the school year. The closer it got to December, we got papers and stuff to sign to be able to leave early. And I kept telling her about it. I want to do it. I was for real about it. And she was like, okay, I like it. And my dad, he was with it. So, Well, here's the deal, though, because I admire how you want to get here and get that head start. Yep. But as a parent, you'll understand someday that mm-hmm. you're in your mind thinking, I've got a few more months with my baby boy yep. at home and you're all of a sudden getting ready to leave a little bit sooner than they expected. Yep, and I appreciate them for letting me do it and backing me up for believing in what I felt was right and best for me and I love them very much and I appreciate them. So did you do any of the prom graduation stuff? My coaches they gave me the option to go back for anything I wanted to do. So I went back for graduation. I didn't go back for prom. I went my junior year. That's enough, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So you get here, and you're the youngest in the quarterback room. So what's that relationship been like with the other guys, with J.T. Shrout and Jackson Daly? How have they encouraged you? Well, I met Jackson on my first visit here. It was unofficial. And since then... He's been nothing but good to me. He's like my brother. Me and Jackson's relationship is very tight-knit. Me and JT, since he's been here, he's taken me under his wing and just taught me the ropes of playing quarterback and just gave me all the knowledge that he's had growing throughout the um, years of playing football. And then me and my roommate, Will Pritchard, he's a walk-on quarterback. And me and him, just like brothers, that's my man. All of us are very close. We also have Christian Hunt. We're just all family that's a big family, brothers. Kind of what we're just talking about also, but kind of tying back into your decision to early enroll. That's a decision you make. Honestly, it would seem like that's a decision you make if you're trying to play right now. Mm-hmm. 
you also knew there was a grad transfer quarterback and Jackson's a guy that just sat here so what made you make a decision that you would make if you're a guy that was coming and trying to get on the field right away I knew the opportunity for me was here as well as me coming early giving me a head start to learning the playbook building connection with my teammates just getting acclimated to the system and building confidence in my team and in my coaches so you were never a I'm the young guy I'm going to red shirt that wasn't my mindset. I was preparing to play even if I wasn't going to play. Especially at that position of quarterback, you know that you need to be a leader on the football team. So yeah. as a true freshman coming in at 18 years old, how do you earn the respect of your older teammates, which most of them are? How do you kind of make them look to you as a leader on the team? Just the way I carry myself, I try to build and show a level of confidence to where they can follow me as well as know I'm behind them. So just throughout practice and the weight room, how I carry myself, how I work, is just how I try to show them that I'm confident and that they can be confident in following me. You talked about the relationship with Coach Heckendorf and how that was key. Mm -hmm. What about Coach Jones? What do you like as far as playing for him? Just realness he has. He keeps everything real with you. He's always there to help. If you need anything, he'll be there to help. But he's always trying to get the best from everybody. So he's on you, but on the field, he can be the meanest person. But off the field, he loves you just like one of his sons. So just knowing that he's there trying to get the best out of everyone. So I love that about him. When we play today, we win something bigger than ribbons or trophies. We win our tomorrows. Wherever we play, wherever we fight, wherever we overcome odds. We're winning our way. Simmons Bank is committed to supporting women athletes in the communities we serve and are proud to be an official sponsor of A-State Women's Athletics. Not just for a season, but for a winning future. Seasons are short, but fierce is forever. Simmons Bank, member FDIC. This is Coach Butch Jones, and we need you to help our A-State athletic programs by donating to the Impact Club. This is an organization that is making a real difference in the lives of our student-athletes. Make a monthly commitment and get access to team newsletters, special gear, and exclusive access that you will not find anywhere else. Find out more and give today at impactclub.com. That's impact spelled I-M-P-A-C-K-T club.com. Your support is greatly appreciated and is helping our programs right now wolves up visiting with Jalen Rayner here on the second to none podcast presented by Simmons Bank you go through the competition in the fall and coach Jones talked about it right after camp he said this was as close of a competition as he's ever been a part of yet JT Shrout was named the starter for week one you knew Jackson Daly had already redshirted a year, and I know Brad asked about it earlier, about your mindset and possibly redshirting. At that point, was it starting to kind of creep into your mind that maybe this is a redshirt season? Not necessarily. I was always supportive of both of them and the whole quarterback thing, but every time I was taking a rep, I was just trying to do the best I could. I wasn't making it about them. I was focusing on myself, and I still do that. I'm just trying to better myself competing against myself every day to be the best version of myself I can be and is that what then makes it possible to be ready when your number got called yes sir for sure it's sort of the old if you stay ready you don't gotta get ready (laughs) yeah if you put it like that one thing I love about you and and just watching one thing I noticed last week at practice was even when 
the second team guys are in there, and maybe Jackson or JT's taking snaps in practice, you're right behind them simulating every single play. You don't always see that. You're not taking any plays off. Where does that kind of work ethic come from? Just the drive to be the best that I can be. I feel like the more times you do it, the more comfortable you'll be able to do it in live reps and the more confidence you'll have in the game. You get into the season and, and JT gets those first couple starts. He gets banged up. You know, Jackson comes in. That gets us kind of going into Stony Brook week. Take me kind of through, I guess, your Stony Brook week in terms of you know what you were hearing from the coaches, what you were preparing for. Did you have an indication that one way or the other you may get out on the field for the first time? Like I said earlier, I prepared every week like I was going to be the starter. That's what Coach Heck tells the whole quarterback room. Prepare like you're going to start even if you're not. So I feel like just having that mindset, knowing that you can possibly go in at any moment, helmet comes off, shoe comes untied, you're the man. So I just feel like I was prepared. Whenever they call my number, I just try to do the best I can to help my team in that situation. So JT was out for that game in Mm -hmm. week three against Stony Brook. Jackson got the start, but Coach Jones had said that he wanted to get you an opportunity at some point. And then midway through the third quarter, you come into the ball game and provide an immediate spark. And it seemed like the energy was very good as soon as you got on the field. You rushed for a touchdown. You threw for a touchdown in that quarter and a half that you were out there. What was it like being on the field for the very first time? And how much confidence did you gain from that? It was amazing just being able to go out there with my teammates, just showing the connection that we have and just showing the confidence that I had in myself that we built over practice and just the reps and the many mental reps I'm getting while the other two are going or just anything like that just showing that I was able to step into that spot knowing that they needed me. So how much notice did you get that you were going? It was a timeout and it was kind of at the end of the timeout it was like third and two I'm pretty sure and they're like Jalen you're going in. I said okay. (laughs) <laughs> and and they and they told me to play and I went, ran on the field. I know you put a lot of preparation into going out there and you talk about just always being ready to start and we talked about the reps that you take in practice and all the mental reps as well. But would you call yourself a gamer? Do you kind of take your play up to another level when the game comes along? Definitely. I feel like in the game is just another level of intensity. I don't know how to describe it, but yeah, I, w- I would definitely describe myself as a gamer. So then going from Stony Brook to Southern Miss, yeah, there was this big, obviously, sort of <laughs> mystery going on right up to the you know, the fact that even... Not inside, but outside. But even externally, you know, playing some possum and all three quarterback names were said in the starting lineup and all this stuff. But for you, what was that? week like and I guess were you ready to say you know when you knew you were starting the Southern Miss game I think I knew for sure it was Tuesday but just that week the same thing building confidence throughout the week we prepared very well that week we had a lot of energy going into that week and a lot of momentum from the Stony Brook game we just carried it along I'm sure you heard this at some point (laughs) but you were the first true freshman to start at quarterback at A-State since 2001, it had been 22 years. What did that mean to you? I didn't know until after the game. My mom sent me an article and stuff like that. So <laughs> that was pretty cool. That's pretty cool to hear. Yeah. 
And you had a huge performance, 330 total yards, five touchdowns, three passing, two rushing. Most importantly, the team won mm-hmm. 44-37 in the conference opener. And there was an electricity there. And so many people talked about it. We talked about it here. You heard it from the fans. The environment was great that night as far as the energy from the fans. But on the sidelines as well, I mean, it seemed like that sideline energy, and I know that's something that Coach Jones talks about Mm -hmm. so often, it was there with you and your teammates. And you see the dancing up and down during timeouts and everything, but... You're a part of that. Definitely. I remember looking down at the UMass game, and we'll talk about that here in just a minute, but during the timeout, the song's playing over the PA, and, and you're jumping up and down as you get ready to go out there with the offense. Yeah, we pride ourselves in having juice and energy. We have themes every week, and last week versus UMass, it was actually the juice and energy game, just being on the road and being being able to create our own momentum and our own juice, knowing that it was going to be a hostile environment. So just having that juice all the time and just something we carry over from practice. Even back to Southern Miss, and you and I talked about this off the air, except for I didn't ask you this, but kind of the the shot in the arm was contagious. That by the end of the first quarter of that game, defense had its first takeaway and special teams had blocked the punt. And it all just, just sort of seemed to spread from the energy you brought. Why is that? Why seemingly, from the outside looking in, why does it seem like, Plugging you in a quarterback spread to across the entire team. Personally, I think, like I said, how I carry myself, how I try to connect with all of my teammates and just being a person that they can come talk to, they can have fun with, they can depend on, just being an all-around teammate. So you get that big win against Southern Miss and, and your first start, and then you go on the road the following week. You go to UMass, your second career start. You win the game 52 52- to 28, 20 of 25 through the air, 383 yards. You tie the school record with six touchdown passes and just your second start, named Sunbelt Conference Offensive Player of the Week. And, and I know you had to have seen the stat where you're one of four FBS, true freshman quarterbacks in the last 10 years to throw for six touchdown passes in the game. The others being Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Caleb Williams. What was your reaction when you saw that? I was pretty shocked. I didn't know he had a record. So during the game, I'm just I'm just playing. Talking and about then, the school record yeah, for touchdown did, passes. Yeah, yeah, I had no idea. So after the game, a lot of people were sending me things and like just articles and stuff. My mom sent me a screenshot and, and pictures about the record and stuff. So I was pretty shocked, but I was just out there having fun. What about that list of those four names you just rattled off? Freshman quarterbacks. That's amazing. I had no idea as well. So I appreciate all the highlight and stuff like that. But big shout out to my team. My O-line played great that game. They kept me clean. My receivers got open. It was a great offensive day. All right, if I had to make you kind of pick a favorite number mm-hmm. out of that game, would it be you know, 383? Would it be six touchdowns? Or would it be having more touchdown passes than incompletions? It'll probably be number three for our third one of the season, for sure. I like it. (laughs) He's wise beyond his years. He is. And it's impressive just how humble you've been about this. So is that something you tell yourself? How do you keep it from going to your head? It's just how I was raised, my family, just how I was brought up. They're all loving, very humble. So it's just how I was brought up, never really trying to take all the light and attention just knowing that I can't do it alone it's a team sport 
that's going to be really hard to do in that stretch because one three straight, you started two of them, and everybody's heaping the praise your direction. It's going to be very hard to pull off what you just said. Then you go to Troy, and you get to kind of deal with the other side of the coin. Mm-hmm. So what I want to ask is what did you learn in losing for the first time at the collegiate level as a starter? What did you learn last week in that football game? Just knowing that every week is going to be a championship-level game, and we have to bring it every week. It starts with our preparation throughout the week. And like many people say on our team, we don't think we had the best week of preparation last week. So it just goes back to how we prepare. We're focusing ourselves. It's not necessarily about the opponent, but we're playing ourselves. We're the only people that we believe that can beat Arkansas State is Arkansas State. So just bringing the best version of Arkansas State we can beat each week. So what's the conversation like? after the game with you and your teammates? How do you guys push yourselves going into the bye week? Just getting healthy, everybody resting and recuperating. So everybody has high spirits. We know the outcome of the game isn't what we want, but just going into the bye week, we know we have some stuff to fix, a lot of things to fix, but also we had some bright spots in the games that we can build off of. So we're in high spirits and ready to get back next week. Yeah, I mean, you're you're still 3-3 and through the first half of the season. A lot to play for in the second half of the season. Everything's in front of you. And you look at this offense, and the offensive line has shown some really good moments through the first six games. you got a lot of talent around you at running back and at the wide receiver positions. Seems like there's a really high ceiling that you guys really haven't scratched Mm -hmm. yet. I think it goes back to the preparation and the connection that we have and build in practice. Everybody is confident in each other. Just the work we put in week in and week out has to show uh, on the weekends. So this little break that we get, get a few practices this week, and then come back next week ready for Coastal. Obviously, you play a position that everybody says gets probably too much of the credit gets too much of the blame and you've caused an awful lot of chatter and i'll just leave it at that because that chatter is coming in all kinds of ways from all kinds of places so how do you tune out the noise like i said i'm just playing football something i've been doing since i was seven or eight years old and i'm trying to just focus on winning that's the that's the main thing keeping the main thing the main thing and the main thing is winning so just when you focus on one thing you don't see all the other stuff around it Have you always been number one? Since high school, I switched my number, my junior year, to number one. And I've worn number one when I was young, but a lot of different teams. So I've been a couple different numbers. We didn't talk about this, but because you seem awfully chill. So are you a guy that needs to generate a chip on your shoulder about something? I think I'm a very high competitor. So anytime it's a competition, I'm trying to win. Just growing up with siblings, it's always been like that. We're always competing, no matter if it's running to the kitchen to get the chips first or something like that. I'm trying I'm trying to win. Are you more of a vocal leader or are you a more lead by example? Being quarterback, I think you have to be vocal and that's something I'm working on. Being a freshman, being behind people from from the start, that's just something I've got to grow into, I think. But like I said, just trying to show my confidence through how I work and throughout the week in practice and in the weight room and things like that and just having a good demeanor and body language. You did pack up as a not quite 18 year old and move halfway across the country it feels like back in January so in the nine months or so since then what have you learned about Jalen about Um, life for that matter? 
I think I've learned to be more independent. I've learned a lot about time management. That was probably the biggest adjustment from high school to college, just being able to manage football, school, everything on your own accord. You have to grow up fast. I, I think, think that was the a, biggest thing, time that, management. That's a huge lesson to learn. I think most adults are still trying to figure out time management. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you can figure it out, we're trying to go to school and balance football and everything else you've got to do right now. You got a big step up on a whole lot of people. Mm-hmm. What do you love most about being a Red Wolf? My teammates. I'll say definitely the connection with my teammates. It's not even like a team. It's like a brotherhood. It's like every time I come into the facility, I know what I'm getting. Love and just the connection is it's amazing just being around my teammates all the time. What's something you're into that we didn't touch on, like are people things off the wall? What music or some kind of interest or something you watch on TV? What's something that doesn't fit? I'm a big music guy, so like everything I'm doing, I'm listening to music, getting a shower, doing anything, I'm listening to music. But also like bowling. Fun fact, I like Spider-Man. My favorite superhero is Spider-Man. Okay. For sure. But yeah, I say music, nope. bowling, and Spider-Man. Outmannered teen with superpowers. Yeah. Like, it makes sense to me. Peter Parker off the field, <laughs> Spider-Man on the field. Sign me up. Bye-bye. <laughs> Yeah, this has been good. Jalen, it's been a lot of fun watching you these last few weeks and can't wait to see what you and the rest of the team do the rest of the way. Thanks for coming in today. Thank you for having me. That's Jalen Rayner joining us here on the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank. We'll wrap things up right after this. The Simmons Bank Card Alerts app lets you get more from your Simmons debit and credit cards. Set transaction alerts to be notified of certain card activity and choose how you receive each alert. You can suspend your card, set a spend limit, or decline specific transaction types. You can even manage multiple cards. If your debit card is lost or stolen or you're opening a new account, you can immediately get a new card just by visiting your nearby Simmons branch. Learn more at SimmonsBank.com forward slash debit card. Simmons Bank, member FDIC. Red Wolf fans, this is Demario Davis, proud Red Wolf and linebacker for the New Orleans Saints. And I'm asking you to help out our current A-State student athletes by donating to the Impact Club. This organization helps our program stay competitive and supports our players by facilitating NIL agreements that allow them to endorse local charities, make a monthly commitment, and get access to team newsletters, special gear, and exclusive access you won't find anywhere else. Find out more and give today at Impact Club. Thank you, and Wolves up. Wrapping things up here on the Second to None podcast, presented by Simmons Bank. Enjoyed that visit with Jalen Rayner just a moment ago. There are a lot of other sports Mm -hmm. that are busy this week, and a lot of things that went on last week. And we mentioned at the top of the show, the men's golf team had a huge week. They won the Bubba Barnett Intercollegiate at Ridgepoint eight straight years. They've won that event now. They finished 47 under for the tournament. That was three shy of the record for the event, and there were 16 teams in the event. And honestly, a pretty decent field. Top to bottom, I I think maybe one of the stronger, if not the strongest, Bubba Barnett fields I've seen. You know, Ace went out quick. The guys did and just made a bunch of birdies early. It's funny, you mentioned three shy of the record. That's what they were mad about. I was standing there when a couple of them finished coming off 18, and the first thing they wanted to know was kind of where the team was. They had 50 in mind, and actually had it to 50 for a moment. And so... Here they are, you're coasting to a win, and they're mad they didn't set the record. To give you perspective of just how dominant the performance was, Memphis finished in second place, 13 strokes back 
as a team. And the Red Wolves had five of the top eight individual finishers in the event. There was a point in time early in second round, I was looking at the individual scoring, and, and I think it may have been the guy from Jacksonville State that ended up winning it. We did not have the individual leader, but at that point we had like either, it was either the next six or next seven guys on the board. Yeah, one over from Arkansas State. It's the 21st tournament title under Mike Hagan, and it ties Neil Abel for the most in school history. So congratulations to Coach Hagan as the men keep things rolling. The women's golf team currently playing at the Dale McNamara Invitational. That's being held in Tulsa. Coach Dabian Schaub, kind of back in familiar country. I was sure at the time she spent it at OU and in Oklahoma, so I'm sure she's seen a lot of friendly faces there. Soccer team had a good week. They beat Troy on Thursday, 2-1. to one. Goals from Darby Stotts and Summit Dan. Then they played Georgia State on the road Sunday, and that game was a scoreless draw. So they're now 4-5-3 and three overall and 2-2-2 two, two, and two in conference play. I think it was one of those good draws. I mean, Georgia State had come in averaging two and a half goals a game, which you got to think about what we're talking about. That's a lot. Two and yeah. a half goals a, a game. And so, you know, the defense did its job and uh, threw a shutout to get a point on the road. And uh, that was a good point. So now they've scored a point in three straight Sunbelt matches. Just one game this week for the soccer team. They'll be back at home Sunday at noon when they take on ULM. Volleyball dropping both of their matches at South Alabama over the weekend. They're now 11-7 and seven overall. One and five in the league. They'll try to get back on track as they head back to Alabama this weekend to take on Troy Friday at six and Saturday at two. And I'm sure they're having a lot of interesting conversations with that young bunch because you know, everyone was heaping the praise on them on that start. And now all of a sudden they've hit a rough patch. So I'm sure Coach Gerwig and the staff get a lot of teachable moments saying, hey, what are you going to do here when stuff's not going so good and everybody's not telling you how good you are all of a sudden? Bowling team ranked second in the nation in the NTCA, that's National Ten Pins Coaches Association, preseason poll behind Vanderbilt. A-State will open the season this weekend at the Penguin Classic in Struthers, Ohio. And the cross-country teams will be in College Station on Friday as they wrap up their regular season at the Arturo Berrios Invitational. And tennis is competing some this week and weekend also. So, uh, yeah, a lot of our student-athletes getting a chance to get out there and compete this time of year. Of course, football with the bye week. Next week, we'll be back home for the only home game of October as Coastal Carolina comes to town. Six o'clock kickoff on the 21st. Yeah, and listen, ticket sales have been good for homecoming. All the measurables, anything that kind of give you an indicator that it's going to be a really nice crowd. Still time for you to get in on that. And look. This team has provided us plenty of opportunities to overreact, right? Mm -hmm. Positively and negatively. The truth is almost always somewhere in the middle. Here's the truth. The only thing I know, we can win them all, right? There's no reason. There's nothing saying that would happen. But all I know is we got three games at home, and if we take care of business in three of those, we're eligible for a bowl, regardless of what happens the rest of the time. Should be a fun second half of the season. Looking forward to that game against Coastal on the 21st. Anything else we need to talk well, about? Make sure everybody saw, before we get out of here, make sure everybody saw the uh, 
charity men's basketball game that got added. That's right. On the 30th. October 30th against UCA. And the deal where you know the NCAA has to sign off on playing one of those. you got to present them with what your charity is. And they're actually to the point now where like the need and win. You know, they're seven months out from that tornado that devastated the city. And they're kind of to the point where actually the need. There was a long time where they needed stuff. Right early on, they need stuff, cleaning supplies, this and that. And we took a trailer load of stuff early. But now the two point where what they need is money. Mm-hmm. And so uh, all the ticket proceeds from this game on the 30th against UCA will go to the folks and win the, the Relief Recovery Center that's helping kind of spearhead all of that. $5 general admission seating that night. So no reason not to think big crowd partnering with our friends at East Arkansas Broadcasters because, I mean, they're connected to all three places. You know, Jonesboro obviously win the world headquarters. Mm-hmm. Conway, you can talk to the UCA folks down there too and get them to come spend their $5. Again, that's A-State and UCA. The benefit game coming up October 30th. Make plans to be there for that event. Thanks again to our man Jalen Rayner for coming in today. Appreciate Jerry Scott helping to set that up. For Brad, I'm Matt. Have a great week, everybody.